This is Padre Paul, and our beautiful guest tonight for Celebrating Life is Reverend Susan Chamberlain. And she's got a lot of degrees in back of her, so she's a really smart person, but a very <laughs> friendly person also. So, Susan, welcome to our program. Thank you so much, Padre. love being here. I love the passion of the saints, and this is an awesome time of the year to celebrate all the holy souls and all of the holy souls that have come to this planet. Yes, I agree with that, and I think we'll talk more. Susan, would you bless us with an opening prayer as we gather and commune with the saints and, and sages and souls? Yes, I will, Padre. Thank so if you. everybody could just take a moment to close their eyes and take a breath in. Feel deep into your heart. Feel your soul. It is the house of God. It calls you into your most sacred chamber, a place of divine intimacy where you get to feel and to listen to God in his most holy and sacred communion. You share in this union a bond so strong, a place of compassion, unity, love, trust, and benevolence. For dear God, as we gather here today in our Celebrating Life Ministry community, may we hold sacred space with you with every saint, with every soul on both sides of the veil. May we feel our heart and soul's contentment as you guide us in today's world with your highest light, love, and peace. May we breathe wholly with you the breath of life. May we love each other as you have loved us. May we share all that we are and have with every soul, for the gift of life is the union of God. May we feel you ever-present in our soul. May we touch the lives of others in and with your holy ways, your mercy, your compassion, and your love. May we never feel abandoned by you, but surrounded by you in holy matrimony. Let us wholly surrender unto you, God, that your will be done this day and every day. God bless us all. Amen. Amen. That was a mighty prayer. You know, it's like it has a lot of charge to it in the sense of letting us, each of us know that we're divinely connected with God, with the saints, with the sages. It really does, it empowers us. To me, this is what the two, three days of Holy Week, as I would call it, this week has been for me. It, it stirs, it stirs something up in my soul. So I just assume it's the other sides and you who I'm around or you who I need your prayers. So it, it even in my sleep pattern for this week was a little different than it normally is. And even this morning I got up at three o'clock and I knew I laid in bed for about an hour and then it's like, Paul, just get up and pray. Said, okay, that's what I'll do. So I know there was other people or other spirits or loved ones that wanted or desired prayer. So I started out my morning that way, and I didn't lay down. It's like, <laughs> didn't take a nap, spent a full day, but it's like, wow. I mean, when we obey that still, small voice, it pays dividends. Maybe, I think, as Carolyn Mace always talked about a spiritual bank account. It's like, so our prayers, our good works, some say, well, that's not good. And it's like, I still believe in that. I want to put forth the goodness of God in my life and then those that surrounded me because I know when I take my last breath 
that it really brings me to this place of divine union. So what has been happening with you, Susan, you know, even in this preparing for this talk tonight? Well, that prayer that I read, I wrote today. Oh, you did? Congratulations. That's awesome. I wrote that today in inspiration of these last three days. The holiness that is around us, the holiness that is within us. Because so even St. Augustine talking about the dead and the departed had a small mm. little simple saying that if we had no care for the dead, we would not be in the habit of praying for them. Wow. Well, I agree with that. Me too. And We've been doing that for centuries. It is an yeah. honor to actually acknowledge them because actually the soul is eternal. So nothing is really passing except for the flesh. Well, yes, that is true. Yes. And isn't it amazing the, the scriptures say or God says, however you see the, the great I am. For me, it's like Jesus always says, well, we need to die to self. So, and that almost literally, we will eventually in this body, because it seems like our flesh seems to get us in trouble <laughs> in a lot of ways. But ultimately, our soul and our spirit goes to heaven, which, or into the light, let's put it that way. So, I really admire Sister Faustina for her work of opening up the veil so we also have access to the goodness of God and her prayers. Yeah, she had the, the chaplet of the divine mercy, but she also oh, yeah. had this small little thing of patience, prayer, and silence. These are what gives strength to the soul. Could you repeat that again? Yeah, patience, prayer, and silence. These are wow. what gives strength to the soul. I love that. And, you know, I've, I've read a lot of her works. But tonight, those three attributes just jump out at me. Wow. That's awesome. I Absolutely. can see that worked in my life. And I need to also pl- apply that to my life. Wow. That well, is so beautiful. Love- Yes, it is. And St. Teresa de Sue had a small little saying that you cannot be half a saint. You must be a whole saint or no saint at all. <laughs> that, I love that. That's yes, a perfect quote. Is, yes, when one loves, one does not calculate. Mm. Well, it reminds me of St. Benedict, one of his famous quotes is some of his monks ask him, well, how do you become holy? And he goes, be normal. Uh, whoa. Because <laughs> again, well, just be normal. Of, exactly. Well, St. Teresa of Avila, she was, this is her saying, a healthy sense of humor will keep our head on straight and make us able to see the beauty of the world. God mm. never said we need to be sour-faced to be holy. <laughs> so <laughs> that reminded me of Ron. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that, of course. That that would be something he would quote and quote and quote. Yes, I yeah, agree. Yeah, because he also added, so if you want to become a saint, maybe the first step is to lighten up. Ah, that's for sure. Yes. Even in the, because of the status, whether it's a church or other communities or, or ministries have chosen to call those beloved who went before us saints. I know the church has or has or had or continues to have criteria of how that is over the centuries of making them, but those further back, so to speak, 
the pains that they had to go through because they didn't have a lot, but what they did have, they gave kind of gave it away. Like, I mean, our modern saint, Saint Therese, feeding the poor the poorest, but whatever she had, she gave away. And again, it was a continuous flow because she loved God. And part of that, we studied that in our student program last night about she always taught her sisters to have Holy Communion every day and to be filled with that Christ and then give that Christ away. And it's like, I just love that stream, just like recognizing it, but also giving it away. And it's like, okay, I guess that's what keeps them young. (laughs) It's a never flow. And so there's not, because we can get into our own stuff our own problems, our own honoriness. And if we're not aligned or have something that fills us, that puts keeps us on track so aligned in the morning, we leak really fast, you know, if, if we don't have a divine flow happening in our lives. Cause, well, that's you know, very society true, Padre. Can... It is very true. And the biggest thing with the saints was they were disciplined souls. Yes. They knew and dedicated their life and portions of their day directly to God and then went out Mm. into the world and served others with that same energy, that same grace, the same love, and the same light. Wow. When God touches your soul just once, you are illuminated for life. Mm. It's like that divine spark. Exactly. Every soul has the capability of touching God and having God touch them. It is your willingness to serve others and not yourself. Mm. I was going to say, how does that apply to our everyday living today, you know, our world, so to speak? There's many definitions of self-denial, humility, forgiveness. We can pick a whole row of attributes, but we can have those, but unless we apply them, I don't think we really do get the benefit of what we actually are being called to a lot, especially those in our ministry, even I'll use the term our students or novices, they're looking for a mission of serving God. Even in our monks and ordained, they've been ordained to service, but sometimes it's really hard to find what that niche is. The saints give us such a beautiful template of their own lives, which kind of points the way. And to me, Ron Roth always said, pick a saint that resonates with you. Uh, of course, Padre Pio was one of Ron's favorite, including mine. And St. Therese, I think most of our community loves St. Therese, and I know that's one of your favorites, Susan. But again, it's that modeling, because for me, I'm a visual person, so if I can see it, then I ha- I'm more likely to engage it. So what is, something, Which is, what is some of yours? Well, they remind you not to put, like, sainthood on a pedestal, because you'll never get there. I know, but I've tried. God, well, <laughs> God did not create us to try and be as perfect, but the perfectness runs through the saints. Well, yeah. Because they're looking to please God. But that, in the beginning, that's hard to disseminate. Because, again, I think our soul or our, our desires are, can be so strong. But unless it really comes from the divine instead of our ego, then there's that... <laughs> ladder that we need to go down in a sense and sometimes start all over trip fall get hurt whatever it is that in in initially we can submit to that higher purpose in our lives which is god's whispers 
And everybody, I think, hears God differently. But I think there's some very basic things. Most of us, especially those who are a Christian, pray. That's the connection or the meditate. Uh, then the degrees of which that happens. So we're talking about the saints and the souls tonight. And they've already journeyed ahead of us. We're still trying to catch up <laughs> but having, using these beautiful models of saints. Well, in today's world, there are so many differences, but there are so many things that are the same. Mm. And it is one choice by a soul to find the God within, to find that light. And it's yeah. a never-ending journey because that is what drives you to sanctity. It's a will never to give up, but mm. to follow. And what I love about God is that he brings you down these roads. You have experiences that open up your soul that you would not normally have if you did a journey through the ego. Mm-hmm. The soul oh, has I... its own language. Yeah, it does. Now, Susan, you made the comment about working through your own ego. Most of I'll say us, <laughs> sometimes don't know that we're thinking it's led by the Spirit or God when it's actually just our own desires to perform or be holy or be this, whatever that look is. How does, how does that reflect in your life? Sitting silently in prayer and, yes, listening to the whispers of God. Mm-hmm. That will drive your soul to passion, to service, to be willing to surrender one's life onto another. For God's light needs to be in each soul. And the saints have done that. I look to do that. It's funny uh, because Padre Pio has been our family saint, because my brother was healed by Padre Pio's intercession. So way back before he was named a saint, uh, and he was still living, my dad and mom had great devotion to him at least because he always pointed us to Jesus. If you studied Padre Peel at all, you would understand the suffering he went through because of the five wounds of Christ. But within that, that inner struggle of he had this passion of hearing confessions, and usually in, on his part, he would just read the soul, not necessarily let people confess. Again, when you know God knows <laughs> your stuff, it gets your attention. And to me, it's, Ron Roth had a, a beautiful wit with him or by him. He could always just go directly to the person when he's talking to them, get to the root. He, he never messed around. And that's the same way with Padre Pio. So I see a lot of similarities at, because of Ron's devotion to Padre Pio that either he picked up some of that or it was just created in the image as. But again, that, those reflections we all look for. Our Blessed Mother, what a, what a grace, what a, an image and the part of surrendering her life. We have great models out there to understand that even in our, our desires for maybe even healing, we draw close to the saints, which again, point their finger or their gaze to heaven, just to point our own direction. Well, I'll share with you on Padre Pio. He also said it is difficult to become a saint. Difficult, but not impossible. Now, to me, and he knew, I think his service and his highest calling was to hear confession because he had the power to break 
the darkness in someone. Mm. He carried that sanctity to break he the did. darkness for those souls who carried so much they couldn't handle it. So his suffering wounds sure. were very much part of his journey. And he also felt that if he did not suffer, he was not serving God. I know. I mean, that's kind of hard to comprehend, but, but he that was that his way. reality. Yes. He often would pray, God, do not abandon me. Mm. And <laughs> if he didn't feel in his wounds God talking to him, he would feel abandoned mm. by God. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, we you study Padre Pio, and because he was such an amazing gift to the world for healing, for reconciliation, for listening to God or having him, Padre Pio, read people's hearts so people knew God was real. That, that alone, that mandate or privilege could really, uh, on a human level, you can almost get discouraged because not everybody got it. One of the famous stories of Padre Peel is, I think it was a gentleman who came into confession and he says, get out of here, you pig. It's just like, come back when you're ready. He goes, no, I'm ready. He goes, get out of here. You know, scream. And it's like, you wouldn't think that would come from a holy person. But he already knew his soul. And, oh, and I think I think the story goes on that, that that gentleman did come back. But again, that confrontation, because again, how... Padre Peel, I, I would call it, held Christ within him and bore the wounds of Christ. So there was this responsibility. And, and could you imagine having the world's needs come to you? <laughs> well, yeah. And also when he celebrated Mass, it was two hours long. I know. He was celebrating Jesus literally on the cross and in him. Mm. So anyone wow. who got to witness that really felt like they were in the presence yeah. of a very pure divine soul and the presence of Jesus as well. Mm. You could feel I that mean, essence. I mean, people lined up for hours to get in there. And one of Padre Peel's, I don't say desires, or I can't think of the other word. During the Mass, he always said souls came to him that were in purgatory. Pray for them that they might be released to go to heaven. Part of this is about the holy souls. And it's like, wow, I was reading a lot this morning on the holy souls. And the, the I, actually, I listened to uh, Mother Angelica talk about purgatory. And she says, I don't think not a lot of people go to purgatory. And then the person, because the person asks, how can I get there? And she goes, well, just live your life. Live your life to the fullest. Have Jesus within you. Because the scripture, she said, the scripture says God will never abandon you. So it's like, so how does that equate them being in purgatory? It might be a stopover. And, and that she said that very few she believes, and that's her opinion, no one else's, that there aren't a lot of people in purgatory. But then you could pick up on any other book and it really could scare you. <laughs> Say, well, I lived my life to the best and now I have to go to this dark place. But the one thing I read, because they said there was a lot of suffering, but the suffering was, and I never heard this before, as wise as I am, or as old as I am, was 
there's joy and there's suffering in, in purgatory. And I go, joy? Because they're suffering because, like, God moved away or their emotional well-being isn't the closest to God. So that suffering is that separation. But then it is, it's like a going around in a circle, then, or a Ferris wheel, you go up top and all of a sudden, yeah, I can see everything. And this joy is because now you're in God's presence. And then you go down <laughs> the Ferris wheel. It's like, well, it's less and less there. And I thought, I love that analogy. So, because we're on a pilgrimage, we're on a journey. And so, again, I can say, well, I don't know this. Many people have, on this earth, have had visions or been taken to purgatory and hell. And everybody has a slightly different story. So, but again, it's a, it's amazing that you and I have access to that also. If we draw close to our saint, Jesus, Mary, whichever one that resonates with us. Absolutely. When you begin to model a holy life, all the things in your life will shift. Yes. Everything shifts. The magnetics turn you towards holiness. Mm. Your circumstances, your opportunities also drive you to the divine self. The divine self is the light within. That is the holy sanctity of each person. This planet has chosen to exemplify those souls who have reached that level. But we all have the opportunity to do so. Because every choice you make can bring you closer to God or further away. Yeah. Yeah. I found in my own devotional time that I always have a Padre Pio book. I always have the scriptures that I read, tries to pray the rosary. So these are some of the templates that I have personally. But isn't it amazing, you know, I'll just say of reading Padre Pio, when I just feel such a closeness, such a, like I walk with Padre Pio, and the realization is he's present. God's present. Well, you know, is present. you're right, Padre. Padre Pio had this saying that once you were one of his spiritual children, he watched yeah. you the entire time on the planet as well as off. So he never leaves you. Mm. That's why you feel wow. close to him. Because every soul that has prayer for him is connected mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. And because we're actually all connected through a one soul myth, he never yeah. leaves you and you never leave him, which is the same for God. It's true. Because we have the same attributes as God in a sense of characteristics. So, and yeah. Jesus, if we make Jesus Lord of our life, we have all those divine connections or vibrations or energy, however you read that. But now, but it all depends on our call it our focus or our intensity in our prayer or meditation that, or going to daily mass that we do get to connect with our creator. And it's like that's to me is like falling in love again and again and again. Absolutely, which makes the soul go through many transitions and it transforms it. Yeah. Bringing in the highest light of the divine self, which we happen to be lucky on the planet at this time from the 2012 shift that we're on we are like the pioneers in this new light mm. 
the energy technically is about five years old. Or five billion. <laughs> well, five years old, meaning from 2012 moving forward. In oh, sure. For the new superhuman. Right. The newness of our divine self coming to light where mental telepathy is more common. The field of benevolence will be our grace. Mm, These are things, attributes that will bring us closer to the God inside. Wow. The divine self to lead people more into peace, love, and joy instead of war, hatred, and killing. Yes. I mean, it's, it is, it is for our well-being a transformation that's taking place and, and part of our celebrating life core is prayer, is meditation, is relationships. If we can intensify our own prayer time, don't you get such solace by those who have gone before us, whether it's our parents, a sister, a brother, an uncle or an aunt or a best friend or a partner? It, there is a separation, of course. But then there's also that awareness that they're still around. They paved the way for me now to step into glory to God's presence. And again, then we have to take that on our own value of uh, pursuing um, the grace that's there. Absolutely. And moving forward with that and continuing that because it brings more light to the planet and more light to all the souls. Yeah. As I made reference to St. Teresa, with our students yesterday of receiving communion. It's just a, a simple act, but that act like opens the door for the miraculous to happen. Or you can have your own rituals. You're sitting in a lotus position and, and just listening to the stillness, which again then offers the, the very essence of God to speak to us. And, and it does transform our lives, but it's that divine act or divine will of for us to commune and open the door. My healing services, I'm always, one of my access points is the atmosphere. When I sense the atmosphere changing, then I know the angels, the saints, are uh, coming down <laughs> or opening up the veil to, to walk into the church organization or the auditorium that we're holding the service. But, but it's really tangible for me. And isn't that the same with Holy Souls, Padre people always talked about the Holy Souls come in healing service during Mass because they want to be a part of those prayers to help them release them so they can go further into the kingdom of God. So and we that do really... Saying that we, we witnessed that with Ron. Oh, yeah. Many times at all his services, there yeah. were many more souls, and he would often speak of that, many more souls on the other side waiting to come in. Yeah. Yeah. That were present. All right, had this ability. Where the light is. Yes, Ron had this ability to see them. I remember a lot of times he got mad because they would come at night when he's ready to go to bed. He's saying his prayers and then they come, and it's like, well, I can't stay up for you guys. <laughs> he said a little selfish that it was, but I remember. Then I remember him him making a pack. I remember him telling me this. He made a pact with God that between 9 and 10, they can all come, wherever they want to come, but then let me sleep. And when I get up at 5 o'clock, then they can come again. And then actually that worked. Otherwise, you want to be an open vessel. Now, I don't think that was Padre Pio's way of doing it, but it was Ron's. And I always believe God honors what, 
whether our limitations or our desires, because a loving father, a loving mother would because they want to help their our child to grow and still yes, be and safe in the process. And there's also no clock over there. They have no idea what time. <laughs> I forgot they don't that. Look by that. That is <laughs> that, thing. That's true. Yeah. And they are clueless as to, oh, is it your bedtime? They don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, Padre. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> that's true. It um, is true. That's they very have practical. No idea. Yeah, yeah. So, what were some of your Susan, your experiences with saints or holy souls that maybe you can share with us? To me, I find them to be ultimate beings of light, beings that make the passion of God. They actually make you want to be that passionate about God, about mm, your journey, about yeah. that there's always something there for you in some way, shape, or form. God never disappoints anybody. He yeah. never looks to take anyone down. He always builds them up. And if you take a look at your life and the things that you've arranged, and then take a look at your life and find the things that God arranged, totally mm. different. Or also, in divine timing, do things come. It's like having a cake mix and having all the ingredients for the cake, but you don't know how to make it. That's God in you. Let him construct you so that when he's ready to use you, he can use you at the ultimate power that you'll be instead of you trying to fix it and change something. Because sometimes in life, you need to have an experience so that you can help others who will have that experience. So experience is the best teacher. But God often finds the souls that he can turn on when he needs them to deliver his people when they need that. In the human it's like, flesh. It's like a, a tractor field. If you experience something... You, you're alarmed or you're very aware. My injury with my leg tore my quad just by missing a step and falling on the cement. And I was just amazed that when I wore my brace or crutches, everybody, how are you? What was your injury? Did you have surgery? I mean, I had this, a new group, groupies. So it was so aware that such an attractor field. Now I'm, don't have my brace, don't have my crutches. And just the other, yesterday I was thinking, oh my God, nobody says, oh, how are you, Paul? Or something wrong with you? Nothing. It's like now nobody sees it again. So in the same vein as if we're a prayerful person, if we're aligning ourselves with the great I am, with the divine presence uh, and the saints, that they would quicken us so we're more aware of our surroundings. You know, I think that's why Ron was so good at that. I mean, he... Most people don't know he prayed the rosary a lot. He wouldn't necessarily promote it because, again, it was, he felt it was more of his personal journey with God and Mary. Well, so. technically it is because Mother Mary often says that is a powerful weapon against darkness. Yeah, it's true. And Ron mm-hmm. would have to say the rosary often as the Padre Pio because those yeah. who come closer to the light often find multitudes of darkness. Yeah. Because the darkness is looking for the light. We don't even have to 
pray in order to be an attractive field for darkness, <laughs> as you well know. Sometimes just exactly. life events show up and challenge us. And thank God we have that relationship with Jesus and Mary that we can draw near and have their comfort because and for me, uh, even being challenged this week, it's like it was frustrating me. So what I do is I run back to the scriptures. And so then I find a scripture that goes, oh, my God, God's speaking to me now. So if I know he knows, even though he does, but I have that assurance, that physical assurance, this is what his word says. And if it's his word to me is true. And then it, then I, that atmosphere that I'm so familiar with begins to open up for me. Then I trust that instead of my worries or my anger or whatever shows up at each day. Yes, Padre, because you tapped into your soul. Mm. The soul is where you feel most secure because God is there. Yeah. All of your fears and worries and all of your unnecessariness disappears in the light of God. You can feel the love when you tap in there. That's why sitting silently and in prayer or meditation, you can hear the whispers of God because they're there. They are present. You must get to where the presence is. Yes. I mean, that's really, it's an invitation. And most of all, it's our desire. I think anybody who's listening to this phone call has the desire that it wants to grow closer to God, to the saints, to the souls. It's interesting when I was highlighting souls and I came across some pictures on the Internet where souls from the other side tried to get their loved one's attention. And part of that, many of what they have documented is that there would be fingerprints on a book, on a, a clothing but it was like burn marks. You could just, and it could, you can just tell the outline of fingers or a palm. And it's like, wow, talk about the intensity of a soul trying to get away, make people aware of their loved ones and says, please pray for me. Like Padre Beal, you, you read that many times in his books that the soul comes, please pray for me so that I can be released from purgatory. So. Absolutely. Like, okay. They are looking for prayer. Yeah. And prayer is powerful energy. And it doesn't cost a thing to do, which is why I don't understand this world and why they don't do it. You don't have to go anywhere mm. to pray. You can pray right where you are. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize what what is available to them. Oh, I know. Today is all Souls Day. The reading for today was in, in the book of Wisdom 3, and it says, The souls of the just are in the hands of God, and no tormentor shall touch them. They seem in a, a view of the foolish to be dead, but their passing away w- was thought an affliction, and they're going forth from their utter destruction again, leaving the body and now entering into the, the passage of light. And we all have experienced people who have passed away, and a lot of times our soul grieves that because we love them and still want them around. But it's just the veil. Padre Pio was such a, a classic example of that, what he could see and how he could direct people and people receiving their healings. And it's like, because there's an inner dwelling, we can call it the soul of the body that really has a lot of emotional pain. So drawing near to the one who is the creator of the universe, the, the, the closer we get to prayer, to that intimacy, 
then those pains just go away. And then, as Ron Roth used to teach me, which I didn't like, but <laughs> it was one of his strong quotes was, you just got to be neutral. And I could never understand that. And now, what, ten years later, it's like, now I'm understanding that. Because just God those, is. Those words, Padre, are easier said than done, being neutral. Yes, I agree. Because that's a disciplined soul, again, that would have to stand in that light and yeah. hold the grace in that space. Yes. I remember early on in ministry with Ron, when the, I call it the demonic, the demonized would show up in our services. And I remember being so terrified of them because what if they come to me? Well, in the same room, they're around. Like and that can happen because I often Absolutely. remember Ron doing his services and he always said this, once we start, those doors are shut and they don't open. Yeah. <laughs> because when he called them in, oh, they would come. I witnessed many yeah. with Ron. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that in you is right because he can dissolve it in his holiness in the room, in prayer. Well, the idea but is, my, from my viewpoint, is I used to be afraid of them. And I'm sure the bigger ones or the more powerful ones, there is every now and then I get scared. So what does that mean, scared? It's like, why should I? But seeing people who... Their eyes roll up, they make noises, they start rattling around the floor. Now it's just, I'm neutral to that now. I'm not saying, oh my God, it's a, it's a, a negative spirit, a demon eye. It's like, yeah, now what are we going to do? Is, mm-hmm. Right. It's just, but, but because of my relationship, your relationship, those who are listening to this program, if we're in Christ, we do have that power and authority. So, you know, to me, that's why I think the souls do come. And if we're ready, we can actually help other people transcend into the next stage of what we call heaven or the kingdom of God. And Absolutely. We're, just, we're usually here and pounding away trying to help people physically, which we're supposed to do. But then there's another addition, another layer that if we become aware of, we can help these poor souls, and we'll be doing that in our communion service tonight. And again, they look we for want that, Padre. Yeah. They, they're looking for that. I agree. Yes. So, so God why don't we... All that all comes to serve. So why don't we, if you everybody has, I don't know if everybody has their elements with them tonight, bread or um, crackers, however you look at, or, and the wine or the grape juice. We can begin that communing, and then we'll pray for the sick tonight also. I have a lighted candle. got my images of um, Jesus and Mary. I love to be surrounded by that. And, of course, I have a big picture of Ron, so he gets (laughs) part of the imagery or whatever of who I feel closest to. And you might have St. Therese or or Padre Pio or St. Francis. I do. I have many of the saints surrounding me, Padre, with my holy bread and my holy wine. Mm, Perfect. Perfect. So I'm just going to, let's just turn our gaze and let's just thank God today for our lives, for our bodies, for our relationships, for all those who have gone before us, honoring our parents, brothers or sisters, friends, 
pets, priests, nuns, saints. There's the divine communion. I just really sense them now coming into my room. Just invite them in to your sacred space right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, we just lift you up. Father, we just honor you as Lord, Savior, Healer, Reconciler, all that is good. We welcome this, the angels now to lift the veil as we commune with the heart of the Father, the heart of the Mother. Don't you just sense that presence around you? It's, it's entered your room, it's entered your, your temple, which is your body. And it now begins to expand and grow. I can sense my ears burning, which really senses me the, the Raphael, the healing angels here for each of you. So the scripture says, if you pick up your host or your bread, Jesus said to the took bread. He looked up to the Father and he gave thanks. And he says he was grateful. For he knew his mission was going to be complete by doing this act. And he said he broke the bread. Remember of letting go. And then whatever we have we give away. We share it. So he showed us a way home. By being broken. And then by sharing with one another. I thank you, O Lord our God, for the mystery unfolding for each of us tonight. There's power, there's prayer, there's mercy of God in this bread. And he said, take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body, my energy, my love. And he says, do this in my memory. So for 2,000 years, we've been receiving the actually body of Christ that becomes part of our temple. So as you give thanks, let's take the bread and consume our beloved Jesus. We have the fullness of God, but now we have the fullness of all the saints family members, cousins, friends, that opens the door for us to love each other. And Susan, if you'd like to do the other element, the wine. Graciously bless and sanctify this most holy wine, O Lord God. This wine, this drink, let it be done with thy right hand and be granted the merit of all the apostles, all the saints, all the holy souls, and all those who believe in God to partake of his wine. May they be blessed and protected through Christ our Lord. Amen. So we can consume the wine. And the scripture, it represents the blood, the essence of our creator. 
Let's receive that now for our healing, physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing. Nothing separates us from God. As we draw near with these elements, then we get the healing, then we get the, the, the love of God, the mercy of God, which heals and restores. Lord, we just say thank you for your living presence in our lives, in our home. And as we celebrate Thanksgiving with our friends and relatives, we get to break bread again as a family, remembering those who have gone before us. Really since a lot of you are shedding tears right now, the closeness um, of that loved one that passed on. And also that awareness of a new strength, of healing. The Holy Spirit takes this, these moments and just magnifies them now, illuminates them. And all the illnesses, disease dissolve because nothing can withstand the very light of God. So Holy Spirit, we just say, you're welcome here. Father, release your healing angels now and heal Heal hearts tonight. Heal the heart tonight. Make a gigantic hole or opening like the Grand Canyon that we can just receive all the goodness, all the love that maybe was left out of our lives from those loved ones. And may it be filled like a reservoir, like a dam. Just be filled now. Living streams of water from the throne of grace. Now uh, cleans away the past and allows us to live healthy, abundant, joyful, with laughter. Thank you, O oh Lord our God, for your healing hand. Susan, are you getting any words of um, wisdom or calling out tonight? That we share in the oneness of every soul. That we honor one another as God honors and loves us. And to remember to be kind to every soul. Put a smile on someone's face. To let joy breathe through your soul. And if you just want to, because I know you're in your own home or office or car, wherever you are, that just mention your loved one's name. It's interesting because my mother who's passed, my parents have passed, but her birthday's tomorrow, Cecilia. So family's going to get together and celebrate her birthday. All Souls Day, it's so remarkable, it's so close. But again, I get to celebrate with them or her as a family. But likewise, you do the same. It's really sense of a presence that I'm sure it's just not here. It's everyone who's listening on their phone. That presence is going to linger tonight. I just have a really strong sense. It's like the portal's been open, and your loved ones are going to visit here. Those for the other side who desire prayer, they're going to come. We don't have to be afraid of them. They're coming because we have something we can give. So I believe tonight's going to be fruitful for all of us. And when we awake in the morning, we're going to feel so refreshed, so new. And uh, But it, then we become the attractive feel for those here on this earth. So I bless all our community members, our staff, our families, 
just allow Mary's love. Let her arms just wrap around you and you be the extension to your family as she draws us near to the throne of grace. Thank you, God, for your living word. And that word is be healed in the name of Jesus. Be loved beyond measure. Amen. Amen. So be it. Namaste. Namaste. Susan, it was such a delight to have you on the, this call tonight. And I thank bless you, you. And thank everyone for joining us. Yeah. And we'll be remembering all those on the, tonight's call with our fall retreat, which is coming up uh, this coming week. So we'll be in our prayers then also. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll say good night and just thank you for joining us here at Celebrating Life. Till we yeah, meet again. Blessing. Yes. Namaste. Namaste.